great. But here's what he did. Rhyme it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh, please just rhyme it. And he really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Yes, of course. We will you don't even have to think about it. So let's rhyme it today. Rhyme it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host, Dean, and I'm joined, as always, by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, draft weekend is wrapped up. The Rams have added 14 players via the draft. They have another 10 that they've added as unrestricted or undrafted free agents, rather. But, Nick, first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? Oh, good. Crazy weekend. You know, a lot of different uh, talks around the league. Everybody talking about how, like, what teams won and what teams did a bad job. And I feel like the Rams have kind of skated somewhere right in the middle of that where they're Mm -hmm. not getting a lot of talk outside of people that aren't Rams fans. So, Make of that what you will, um, but I'm good. I'm good. I think if we had a draft that was similar to the Colts, the Bucks, or the Eagles, we would be very boisterous in terms of how we feel the draft went. We would yeah. be like, "Oh, a plus." You know, we got Jalen Carter, we got Keely Ringo, we got the whole Georgia front. You know, we drafted Kalijah Kansi, we drafted Julius Brents and Anthony Richardson. Like those are three situations to where we feel like those teams almost essentially followed what we had laid out in terms of big board verbatim which was strange. I was following along with those three teams and they were selecting everybody that lived within our big board, the top 120, 130 players or so. And, you know, as you're you're following along with the Rams' big board, you're like, okay, where are these guys? Where's Steve Avila? Where's Byron Young? Right? Where, where's um, uh, where's Kobe Turner? Where do they all sit? Right? Where did they yeah. fit within our big board? Did we preview these players? So I was constantly like analyzing that stuff as the draft was going on was let's keep up with the big board. Let's see where everybody falls, but let's see if there's any players that we specifically scouted that are going to be drafted by the Rams. And luckily there were three or four within Kobe Turner, Stenson Bennett. Uh, I think one of the unrestricted or the undrafted free agents that they signed were somebody that lived within our big board. Steve Avila was on there. So I, I think that there was a lot to unpack, but just an extremely, extremely eventful draft weekend, even starting Friday night, you know, obviously the trades that what the Texans did on, on night one, the Colts drafting Anthony Richardson, like it, it's just a lot of excitement throughout the league. But I mean, Nick, like the the way that the Rams do this is so unorthodox, which is why I was spending so much time in front of my TV yesterday. You and I both seven hours yesterday was the full length of of day three, and the Rams ended up making eleven picks on day three. So let's let's just call it the longest possible weekend in the history of football. It was it was it was a long awaited process. Um, but they just seem to be kicking the can down the road consistently with the five or six trade backs that they had. They ended up trading up to draft Zach Evans at 215. But for the most part, it seemed like their methodology was instilled beforehand. Let's support Aaron Donald. Let's get Matthew Stafford some protection. Cooper Cup, additional weapons in, in, the, uh, in the wide receiver room. Let's get a tight end. So I, I feel like if you're trying to build a team from the inside out, and you're trying to reinstill some foundational pieces and a future core, which is really what we were kind of harping on. We were like, let's stay away from shiny toy. Let's focus on future core. And Nick, no skill players drafted until what was it? One, 176. We yeah. didn't take any skill players. So, well, I mean, I, 
I guess Stenson Bennett doesn't count as a skill sure, player. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, we we previewed him. Um, we previewed him at the very bottom of our um, of our you know draft list like a while ago. But yeah, I mean, you you have to look at it like they wanted. I, I they were going more for uh, quantity because they kept getting more and more picks. So I think they want to bring in a lot of people to see where they'll kind of fret and then, you know, make the, you know, make the final roster cuts and whatnot. But I, they must've been excited with the, with the amount of prospects that were on the table because they brought in a lot more picks than we had previously had thought. Yeah. So initially 11, and then we strategized with the Rams brothers official gambling team. And they said, knowing the Rams, knowing that they only have 45 players signed under current contract and need to fill out 90 by what roughly June, July, uh, we said, yeah, let's uh, let's bump up that line to 13 and a half. So we were like, okay, let's kind of straddle that line of maybe 13, 14 picks, considering the fact that they need to bring in how many undrafted uh, undrafted players, 15, 16. So there was yeah. a lot to do over the weekend, I think, long story short. Um, and it started with Steve Avila. It was uh, Steve Avila. Is in, sorry, what did you yeah. say? Go ahead. No, I just loved that they went with an offensive line first. Um, yeah. That just showed me that they were worried about like core, you know what I mean? Like, like let's get somebody in here that's not exciting. Um, that is just like a strong, like, you know, can be helping Stafford make his plays, let the plays develop downfield. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that, that to me was a good start. I've been begging for them to take an offensive lineman for like three, four years now. And like the first, in, in like, you know, first, second round. So this was nice. This was, and it's it's not only nice because they stemmed away from a shiny toy, right? Mm -hmm. They stemmed away from a Tyler Scott or a Cedric Tillman or whomever it could be that they would want to reach at at thirty at thirty six. And apparently, there was news that they were looking to trade up into the end of the first round to potentially take an offensive player. So that that methodology was still very much in place. Like the shiny toy uh, thought process was was still in everybody's heads, but the strengths of this player specifically, Steve Avila, an interior offensive lineman from TCU. Obviously, that team got their ass kicked against Georgia in SoFi Stadium in the national championship. But the Rams ended up with essentially three players from that team. Um, and in in knowing Steve Avila a little bit, his real name is Esteban. He's a player that like is much much bigger in terms of a starting caliber guard in the NFL. He's consistently looking for work. He plays with a legitimate attitude and swagger. I think that's the kind of guy that you need up front, especially when you, you take into consideration who Brian Allen is, uh, somebody that McVay refers to as overly aggressive, even uh, you know, even verbally, he could be overly aggressive, but physically you need that that kind of characteristic too. And if you go all the way back to the conversation we had with Jordan about a month and a half ago, she talked about how Brian Allen could potentially be on the chopping block. It could be somebody that because of durability, they're looking to move away from. Like this is a kid that started at least one game at four different offensive line positions over the last three seasons, every single spot except left tackle. Most of his career college snaps came out of center. And he has legitimate position flexibility. So it's somebody that Ryan Wendell, as soon as they got him on the phone, it's it's you're excited about the fact that you have legitimate position versatility. You've had some guys in the past with the offensive line, whether it's Ty Naseki or Ode Oboshi, that are older, longer in the tooth, that don't necessarily have that versatility, that weren't drafted highly, that weren't highly coveted. And you know, the fact that he had no holding penalties called against him his senior year is is really impressive. Of course, the fact that 
you know, he's maybe not overly explosive. He has a tendency to forget his feet once he's engaged with his upper half. Those are all kind of things that you can coach out of him. His yeah. base is there, his lower body too, his access point and his leverage points aren't necessarily all interconnected at all times. He doesn't right. have great arm length, but I think in terms of hand placement, that could get better. There's a lot of things that you could coach out of him, but I think from a base, a foundational standpoint, you brought in somebody that could, could be a, a starter on day one, Nick. Like his ability to really kind of, you know, get into the second level to pull to, um, you know, to, to be able to kind of just evolve as an interior blocker still needs to be there. But I feel like in terms of just having a foundational player an interior offense alignment on your roster that you can count on is so important based on what's happened over the last couple of years. I mean, you, you got somebody that is bigger than average. Um, you know, his feet work isn't ideal and you know, his, his uh, wingspan isn't uh, like, you know, where you want it to be. But I, it, it's somebody that you can work with. Uh, my favorite thing about this pick, too, is that they tried to trade up uh, unsuccessfully. So they they just took the best player on the board. And also just like I know every Rams fan was just debating in their head, like, okay, it's Saturday. Will Levis is still around. Yeah. Like can Hendon we – Hendon Hooker still around. Yeah. Can yeah. we please make sure – that we do not get this guy and have to worry about, you know, like him playing backup and then he's our starting QB in three years or like whatever, because he, he's just whole, a, a whole nother can of worms. And then they were able to do something later, uh, almost exactly like that, that kind of brought back all those frustrations. But at this point in the draft, at this point of the day, it was nice to see them. I, I, I was very, very happy with that pick. It was like a solid, Boring, safe. yeah, safe, boring, whatever you want to call it. It was a, it was, it was what you wanted to see. Um, it was not a shiny toy. Yes, safe, solid, foundational pick, and that's what I feel like we needed. And then you go to round three, seventy-seven overall, Byron Young, an edge rusher out of Tennessee, not to be not to be confused with Byron Young out of Alabama, who is an interior defense alignment. Byron Young, Nick. Everybody's like, oh, he's 25. Oh, he's in JUCO. Oh, he was a manager at Circle K. Like he missed a year due to the, the COVID thing, messed up a lot of these players. A lot of these guys are 24, 25 because of the COVID year. Um, but this is a player that very, very large in frame. Like he doesn't have the ideal height in terms of an edge rusher, but he has really long arms and really massive hands. In terms of his first step quickness, his ability to squeeze gaps, it's all in there. His ability to get into these blocks and lean into them and really just be kind of skillful in terms of how he could actively use his hands, deconstruct from blocks and shake free. He's pretty skillful in that regard just because of his overwhelming, overwhelming athleticism. Like he can really kind of catch and dispose of blockers and their wrists and cleverly track the ball in the run game. He doesn't necessarily set the edge that well, but he has experience in terms of lining up all over a defensive front. He showed up to work every single day and played in all 54 of the last four seasons, all 54 games over the last four seasons for Tennessee. But like we mentioned, 25 years old, lack of experience at a high level, wasn't a top recruit coming out of high school and doesn't necessarily have that desired length in terms of height uh, to be an ideal edge rusher. There were some scouts that came out and said, um, you know, in terms of the point of attack, his physicality, he's an older player. Scouts don't necessarily feel like he has the framework for an every down player. Um, but like if you compare him to the last edge rusher from Tennessee that the Rams had taken in Leonard Little, that's a guy that went over 10 sacks four times in his career. Uh, he went up to 14 and a half sacks this one year. Obviously not the exact same type of player, but somebody that 
And they talked about with Les Snead, Aaron Donald, the meeting where they sat down and said, we just want guys who care. That was Aaron Donald's line. We want guys who care. This is a guy who's been through everything. He was a manager at Circle K. His ambition is ridiculous. That could be somebody, you know, the Kerr Warner story all over again. Maybe he ends up on a cereal box one day. Maybe not the case, but seems like somebody who could be a very good rotational edge rusher in a series of players that don't necessarily have a have a defined role yet. There's a, a log jam in terms of, of, of bodies, but there isn't necessarily players that have outright owned that role yet. I know a lot of people want to say 25 years old as like kind of like a knock on somebody. Um, yeah. But to me, honestly, like I think you're getting somebody with more maturity, somebody that's kind of been through um, more, like knowing that he was a manager at Circle K, like on paper, you're like, okay, what does that add? Like really nothing. Well, I mean, honestly, it gives him a lot of retrospective of the world outside of football and now knowing that like that's like where that that's where he was yeah so he can come into the LA Rams a football team something he's wanted to do his whole life and make a huge impact like pretty much immediately um because of our depth chart and how like little people that we have on it um i mean i think that's I, I, that's kind of a big deal in my opinion that's kind of the like the outside things that you're not really thinking about that could have like big time effects um yeah i mean essentially the the Kurt Warner effect. And then we, yeah. and then, you know, I mean, I was just going to say perspective is so important, right? right? Like you never want to go back to circle K. You never want to be in a, a manager in a convenience store again. You'll do anything in Los Angeles, be best friends with Aaron Donald, you know, develop the pass rush bag, be more fundamentally sound, get yourself on the field so that you could avoid that lifestyle once again. Yeah. And then uh, moved to round three, 89 overall Kobe Turner. Uh, somebody that I was able to, to preview. That was one that, that we had on our draft board. Yeah. This is your boy. All, yeah. Kobe's, all Kobe's deserve to play in L.A. Hell yeah, they do. We got so many. Um, ridiculously balanced, uh, really good uh, play recognition, has above average flexibility, uh, play strength. When he makes contact with an opposing offensive lineman, like how he has the ability to extend and punches off blocks, a uh, pretty deep bag of tricks to keep himself in position to make a play, um, impressive short area quickness to operate in constricted spaces. He's small framed for an interior player, but has a more mature frame and plenty of muscle. Uh, his teammates and coaches rave about his work ethic and drive, just typical for Kobe's on and off the field, consistent <laughs> backfield production uh, since uh, entering the starting lineup. I mean, this is, yeah. It, to do the homework like we have done and – to see it come to fruition with a player um, like Kobe Turner, it makes it a little extra special for me and you. I don't know. Oh, well, I think so. I mean, it's a player that we originally previewed. It's a player that the Rams met with from Wake Forest. It's a player that um, has plenty of other talents outside of football. Have you heard him sing? Can he sing? Do you know how to ram it? I would love that, Kobe. I'm sure he could sing better than I could. Um, in terms of just impressive short area quickness, like that stuff, if you have that as an intangible, like everything else kind of falls into place. Everything else that Aaron Donald can help you develop, everything else that Eric Henderson can help you develop, operating in constricted spaces as an interior defense alignment is very, very difficult to do. If you could do it as a ridiculously balanced player with really good play recognition and above average size, that's how you do it with smarts, with intelligence, with a, a well-developed bag of tricks. Um, and I think he's able to do that. And I think people viewed him as a tweener just because of his length. 
right? Scouts think he's going to have a tougher time against offensive linemen who have longer arms. If you're a three tech, you're going to deal with some of that, that outside um, blocking. You're going to deal with some of those tackles, some of those guys with longer arms. I think if you get a little inconsistent with your fundamentals and your hand placement, like you can, you can fix that. It's, it's, it's very, very fixable. It's, it's very, very coachable. He wasn't a starter in that one season at, at the S at the FBS level, but um, and he only registered two sacks. But again, Nick, as you mentioned, as soon as he entered the starting lineup, it seemed like everything changed. And he's going to be 24 over the weekend, but not necessarily something that we're, we're concerned about. I like that the Rams drafted mature players. Yeah. Guys that over the next four seasons, 24, 25, 26, and 27, Nick, is not like old. Oh, it's not an old man for the NFL. Like that is the prime of the NFL, right? Like if you played at 27, 28, potentially earn yourself another contract, that's the best possible place you could find yourself as an NFL player. So like 25, even 25, 26, 27, and 28, like these guys still have an opportunity to, to make a name for themselves even after that first rookie contract. So I love that the, I love that um, that uh, Kobe Turner's nickname is the conductor. That to me is an all-time, all-time great, great nickname. And it's because yeah. of his, his ability to pl- play instruments and sing, but – um, you know, hopefully he can conduct a little bit of business on that defensive line too. Uh, they say like when you can develop that part of your brain that can like understand sheet music, you kind of like open up like a whole nother like octave. Uh, hmm. The conductor is also just like, how has that not been used before? Like, <laughs> uh, like that is genius. It just sounds like, oh, the conductor with a tackle. Like, oh my God, I love it. Uh, sh- yeah. should, should we move on to the most controversial pick now? Yeah. Yeah. I'll let, I'll let you take it away on Stenson. <sighs> okay. So I had a buddy, uh, he had $500 on Stenson Bennett to go undrafted. It would have paid out exactly $500 and, Oh uh, God. Uh, round four, 128th overall, he was plus 1400th to go in the fourth round QB Stenson Bennett. Um, you know, everybody wants to talk about how he's so mature and, you know, he's got good feet and a great arm, uh, leadership capabilities. Uh, I just watched him get arrested. Um, <laughs> like on, on the, he's on the smaller size. He looks like Baker Mayfield yeah, um, yeah, yeah. could have been taken later. I mean, my gripe on him truly is less on Stenson Bennett as a quarterback and more on the Rams front office for having to get him uh, in the fourth round. Like, yeah, no, like I, I understand. He's been there. He, yeah, he and that was negative that was, money to be dra- to be to go undrafted. That was my instant reaction. That was absolutely my instant reaction was, okay, there's other prospects that we like better. He probably could have went later. He's 25 years old. It was recently. Was Ringo arrested. picked up by this point? Yeah, but I, I mean, wait, what'd you say? Was Ringo picked by this Ringo point? was picked at this point. Okay, okay. Yes, Ringo was – I think he was drafted earlier in that round. Uh, he was drafted right at the top of the fourth round with the 105th pick by the Eagles. And Stenson Bennett was drafted with the 128th pick in the fourth round by the Rams. And right before him, Nick, went Jake Hayner, which is a quarterback from Fresno State's going to sit right behind Derek Carr – in New Orleans. They both went to Fresno State. It's the perfect pairing. To me, that would have been the perfect situation to draft Jake Hayner, except the fact that he was drafted one pick before. And I think that was a player that the Rams really highly coveted because everybody below 
Um, Jay Kaner was Stenson Bennett, Clayton Toon, Aiden O'Connell, Jaron Hall, which were a few prospects that we felt like we liked a lot better. But if you really dig into Stenson Bennett, Nick, cheap, cheap version of Baker Mayfield for four whole years. Didn't necessarily know if he was going to get an opportunity. Got one in Los Angeles right behind Matthew Stafford. It's a Georgia Bulldogs a quarterback room now. Do with it. Yeah. So I, I think from that perspective, like you're bringing him into the perfect situation and in somebody that's 25 years old, that has a lot of experience running a pro style offense that played in the national championship, back-to-back national championship wins is going to run the shit out of the scout team. He's yeah. going to do a great job as a backup quarterback and he could be a lifelong backup quarterback in the NFL and potentially win you a few games. So in doing that, like, yeah, maybe he was overdrafted, but I think the Rams had some insight in terms of, how the quarterback board was going to unfold. If if there was a run going on later in round five, early into round six, they knew that they had to make a pick a quarterback and they only had one on the roster. It's like you had to get one. Yeah. So definitely better than um, LinkedIn boy. Um, sure. I, I forget 100%. his name. I, I can't believe I forget his name. Wolford. Wolford. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Wolf Wolf Wolford, like. So much better than 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 the Wolfie, um, like insanely. And I still can't believe that there were people that are apparently credited journalists who thought Wolford deserved to be a starter in the NFL. Um, but I like I don't hate him as a backup. I really don't. Like I think I think he can provide. And like on the scout team, if they're playing like a Lamar Jackson type, then you know, yeah. He, yeah. He can run around and like do like you know power eye formation or whatever, um, and like great. Now we have a, like a backup quarterback that has been in big moments in college and all of that, and he's twenty five. Good. I just really believe that if you would have you know waited like you know round five one hundred seventy seven overall, which they had, or round six one hundred eighty two. Uh, he's there. I really believe that 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 he was there. And then all the reports from Jordan where he was like, um, the Rams are all like, or she was like, the Rams are clapping, like very happy that 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 they found their um, they found their backup. And I'm just like, <laughs> plus fourteen hundredth in the fourth round. Like, who is in your ear saying, hey? Yeah, we, that's we're, just we're information we're, that we don't know and that that Vegas can't possibly have. I know, um, and, but like Vegas always knows. They know. But yeah, like, no, you're right. So they went 161. They went Nick Hampton, which is an edge rusher. They had already drafted Byron Young. Um, and Jaron Hall was sitting on the board at 164. He went He went to the Minnesota Vikings. So back with Kevin O'Connell makes a ton of sense. I mean, that was our – if Kevin O'Connell was still in place, that was 100% our backup quarterback. And he deserves to be – to have his um, have his day. In, yeah. in in Minnesota because he was so great. Um, and you saw that when they brought in somebody else that the offense really struggled. Uh, but Nick Hampton, edge, uh, very, very explosive first step. Uh, many said that the Rams were getting uh, one of the steals of the draft in this pick, which was nice because we haven't heard that yet. Mm-hmm. Absolutely plays with his hair on fire. Uh, his pro Player comp is Josh uh, Uche. Uche, yeah. Uche. I saw that. I saw yeah, that. we all loved a few years ago as a prospect. He rarely loses sight of the football, uh, has a really, really good lower body flexibility. Uh, he's bendy. Uh, I can relate. And he can use his ability to be nimble and in more of like a speed to power type rusher, displays the lower body flexibility to bend and make sharp, sharp cuts uh, in his pass rush. Voted a senior captain, which is always nice. 
um, and had above average backfield production and hits eleven point oh sacks in twenty twenty one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Year remotes. before last, he was uh, he was the Appalachian State player, uh, one that had I think the most sacks yeah. was the most sacks in Appalachian State player school history um, since they moved up to the FBS. So some really impressive stuff there. Yeah, and then you know on the on the con side, introduced new rush moves into his latest album, but he reverts back to the predictable hits, relying on speed and strength, which you know like it's a good line not- from Dane Brugler. Yep. Yeah. Really? That's from Dane. Yeah, it's um, from Dane. Yeah. Because I, you know, the the when you rely on just your overall athleticism and you don't necessarily tap into some of the newer bags of tricks, some of the newer pass rushes, like it, it catches up to you in the NFL. And I think that if some of those pass rush moves aren't overly developed, if some of his counters um, end up getting just just blocked off and he gets stuffed up at the line of scrimmage. That's just because it's going to be he he hasn't developed it quite yet. And you know it's it's a little bit of inconsistency from an edge rusher, and that's why these edge rushers are they fell a little bit later in the draft. But it's a player that had a third or fourth round grade, and we got him in the fifth round. Yeah. So it's it's a player that a lot of people liked. Um, I just think he's a little bit inconsistent in terms of when you get to the next level how great are the pass rush traits that you already have on board going to be able to be leveraged in the league? Um, so anything incremental that he can add to his game, I feel like will be highly, highly useful for him as a developmental player. But I mean, like Nick, the edge rushers, are they going to go speed power on both sides? You're going to go like Daniel Hardy, Nick Hampton, and then you go Byron Young and Michael Hoyt. Like, is there a speed power combination on both sides that they're going to try and leverage? I think the answer to that is yes. Unless yeah. there's a player that consistently merges and wants to play that weak side, similar to how Von Miller did, rushing around the right tackle consistently and is a staple within our defense is something that I feel like we're still looking for. You got a lot of like C plus, B minus players for Aaron Donald to, to hang out with, but nobody that's like a bona fide, okay, this guy's going to be a pro baller as soon as he steps onto the field. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. I mean, really, like I'm really, really excited to see like the kind of new look defense with. Uh, oh, yeah. Well, I mean, the fact that they went, Nick, I mean, uh, were we expecting this? Interior offense alignment, edge rusher, interior defensive tackle, quarterback, edge rusher? Yeah. (laughs) I did literally outside of the quarterback at this point, I am like stoked on on the draft. And how about this? How about talk about another safe and sound pick? I mean, Warren McClendon Jr., an offensive lineman from uh, University of Georgia. Yeah, the weaknesses within his player profile, I think stem from not necessarily like personal fouls or holdings or false starts or anything like that. He suffered a minor MCL injury in the 2022 uh, championship game, which was in December of 2022. He, um, and then he got, I think he got into a, a really, really bad car accident. Like there, we had a couple of teammates with him. It killed one of his teammates, Devin Wilcock. Um, one of the Georgia staffers in, had a, uh, suffered a, some kind of injury. Um, and he had suffered a knee injury during the uh, the second senior bowl practice and missed the rest of the week, which was back in February, 2023. And then he missed the combine in 2023 also. So it was like, okay, maybe this feels like a safe pick. It's a, it's a good player um, that played on the right side of, of Georgia's prolific offense, 
But um, there's there's some stuff there that it's it's very obvious in terms of why he he kind of trickled down and fell into the fifth round. But he's a very very long armed blocker. Only had two holding penalties in his 28 starts in the past two seasons. Like he is big enough to be able to control pass rushers. The resistance is there. He's able to stay inside. He has a really good two hand strike, and I feel like his jabs are are very very timely. Like he's a he's a pretty pretty technically sound right tackle, and I feel like. When you're in that kind of situation and the way that the Rams' offensive line has unfolded in the past couple of years, like we needed legitimate tackle depth. It's not Alaric Jackson just volunteering that he wants to go play left tackle or Ty Niseki, who's 38 years old, playing left tackle. He was pulled off of the street to protect our quarterbacks last year. Like yeah. this is very much of a player that I feel like, yeah, he saw live reps as a left tackle in a handful of games of 2022, but he's primarily a three-year starting right tackle with 37 career starts. So Rob Havenstein, Nick, who was banged up all of last year, had to get a couple of surgeries just to clean out some stuff in the offseason. Like, give him a couple of games as a breather. And it's also insurance to Joe Nopum. You know, if you feel like Joe Nopum can't play, if you feel like he's unable to, to recover from that Achilles injury, you needed more tackle depth. And this is a player that is that exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I did, like he's got jabs that can knock pass rushers off balance, like just really like kind of creative movements that stuff that you're going to really like be able to kind of sink your teeth in and be like, oh, wow, this is this is this is a guy who's like standing out. Yeah, exactly. I mean, up until this point. So we're now in round five, right? Yep. Like halfway through round five. And then and then now we're getting uh, Davis Allen tight end. You know, but, so, but no skill players to that point. Right, yeah. right, right, right. So, like, this is the point where you're like, okay, like, I, w- this is welcomed. Like, I, I'm ready to see the highlights for Davis Allen and see him, like, you know, like what, you know, what's going on. This was like, you felt like you were a lot more comfortable at like, it's like watching this draft now, knowing that you got a lot of like, you know core kind of pieces. And now you're like, all right, bring on, you know, bring on the fun. Let's, let's see what this guy's got. That is exactly the methodology and mindset that I had at this point. I was like, okay, now this is the point where I tweeted yesterday. If you guys were following along, the Rams haven't drafted any skill players yet. Who do you guys like as a late round running back? Who do you guys like as a late round receiver? And this is where you go Davis Allen. They went tight end out of Clemson. Uh, I mean, if you're going to go like player comparable, he is not, like the most elite blocking tight end. He's not the most elite athlete in terms of just physical traits, but he's a, he's a loose athlete and he has a really large frame and six foot five, 245 as a dependable pass catcher with an outstanding track and adjustment and ability to finish and catch balls in the red zone. I feel like that's, that's really important to have on your roster and somebody that could legitimately replace Tyler Higby one day. Uh, if it's not this season, it'll potentially be next season. He's a guy that never had more than one drop in a single season, has a career drop rate of 3.3%. He's a really, really good contested catcher. He has purposeful routes. Um, he leverages defenders and creates passing windows. He's an adequate position blocker. And I feel like he's able to engage defenders with fundamentally sound angles, which is really, really important to have as a blocker, especially within the Rams' offense. And I feel like being a regular on kick returns and punt coverages, he logged over 500 special team saps and seven career tackles as a special teamer in his career. Um, that's somebody who's going to want to step up and play right away. He's going to get snaps on on special teams, and he's going to know exactly how to do it. He was voted a senior captain, was battling through injuries, but ended up playing in all 54 games over the last four seasons. So a very, very tough kid, Nick. This could be a staple 
of the Rams' offense moving forward. Like the burst is ordinary. Like some of his break points he leaves open to defenders. He, um, in terms of his tape, like not a ton of broken tackles, not like he's not going to run by anybody, but somebody that's consistent, somebody that isn't coming off of a ton of injuries, somebody that had a third, fourth round grade that end up dropping into the fifth round. I think that's an ultimate win. Yeah, I mean, yeah, third and fourth round grade, love that. So then you you, you feel like you're getting a steal with your first like true offensive weapon. Yeah, and then uh, this is gonna sound silly, but Davis Allen sounds like a great tight end. He does. He like, totally does. That name is like, ooh, Davis Allen. Let me see if I can pick him up in my fantasy league. Like, <laughs> exactly right. That. Yeah, he does. He has the tight end name for sure. So I'm encouraged and. Uh, Puka Nakua. Nick, what was the first thing you thought of when you heard the, that name? Was it forgetting Sarah Marshall? It was the state fish of Hawaii. Ahua Ua Nua Nua Apuana. I, I, I think I just butchered Yeah. That's Puka Nakua, wide receiver out of BYU, Nick. And Nick, I want you to take this one because I know you had such a deep connection to Bobby Trees. When I feel like this kid is healthy, that's the type of player that I feel like he's going to be. Right. I mean, my connection for Bobby Trees also came from the fact that we were both, you know, USC guys. But yeah, BYU is cool. Uh, smooth athlete, uh, controlled upper strides, 6'1, 205, just pure athlete, high volume of screens, quick throws to take advantage of his vision and toughness. Five rushing touchdowns in 2022. Stands out. Definitely stands out. With we love, I, I already love this kid, man. I'm yeah. telling you, like, I love Puka Nakua already. Yeah, I mean, like, just with the jet sweeps, the Bobby Trees, like, those 20, uh, 2018, 2017 highlights, I felt like he was, like, always getting in uh, rushing touchdowns. Great body control uh, and fell when the ball is in the air, allowing to adjust the high point uh, catch Timing and focus help him kind of make grabs over defenders, which is big, kind of what we thought Allen Robinson would have been. Uh, mm -hmm. Doesn't shrink from route contract and maintains uh, maintains his focus to secure uh, contested catches. Uh, 2002 Boise State tape. Just yeah. check that out. Do yourself a favor. It's a good um, one. It's a displays good one. crafty footwork mid-pattern uh, to leverage defenders out of positions uh, or expose space in zone. Voted a senior captain, which seems to be a theme for these Rams guys. I think they're yep. going for maturity. Um, has the uh, pedigree of a competitor. NFL scout said our coaches are going to love this guy. Benefits from the older brother theory. Uh, okay. With three older brothers who played high-level college football. So <laughs> I think he benefits from the younger brother theory. In that sense. <laughs> yes. Well done. Well, well done. Yeah, I mean, like, there's there's not a ton of weaknesses outside of um, some of the injury history. He had a sprained ankle in 2022, missed the season opener, uh, hamstring injuries, like little kind of ticky-tacky injuries, had a concussion um, before the senior ball. I think he, had, he got pulled out of one of the practices. Um, but he was the best player on BYU's roster, and I think they use the Robert Wood methodology in terms of, you know, how do we develop this player um, at the pro level to be like Robert Woods, somebody that can use his body in space. That's going to be an asset to the offense when he does not have the, the ball in his hand, somebody that's going to be able to take screens, jet sweeps, um, quick throws across the middle, be able to absorb contact a yard after the catch guy like Puka Nakua is, uh, is him and Cooper cup are going to be really, really close friends over the next couple of years. 
I have, I have good, good faith in that. Do you and then think Nick, we went, somebody that could start? Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel that way. And then Nick, we went, um, we went right after that. We went Puka Nakua um, at, at 177. Then we went 182. We went Travius uh, Tomlinson, which is Ladanian Tomlinson's nephew. Uh, just, I mean, obviously a little, little bit of a smaller player. He's only five foot eight. I don't even think he got up to five foot eight when they measured him in the combine. Um, but he's going to wow. be, he'll be a really good slot player. Like you'll have him right in the slot. You play him up in the box, you play him in the nickel, play him in the star, whatever it is that you want to refer to it in terms of the, the jargon that the Rams has used. He's going to be the type of player that you could stick uh, on a tight end that you could stick on a little bit larger of a, of a receiver that likes to play in the slot. And because of his exceptional speed, agility and lower body explosiveness and those sudden twitch in terms of his hips uh, and his ability to change direction, like that's all there. If this was a six foot one, 210 pound player had the body of Keely Ringo, he would be a first round pick. Like, I feel like he shows a very, very developed feel for reading the play indicators and breaks. He's very, very much on top of he's consistent in passing windows. He accounted for 40 passes defended in 37 games over the past three seasons. And he only gave up two catches for 25 plus yards in 2022 on 81 targets. So he plays That's much, amazing. much bigger than he is. Um, obviously has the Hall of Fame uncle. His missed tackles decreased each season he was at TCU. So Horn Frog. Trevace Tom, Tomlinson is uh, is going to be a really, really tough player in this defense. And I feel like he's going to be one that can fill the, the Troy Hill role and uh, contribute almost immediately. Yeah. So I mean, more health in terms of defensive backs is essential for this team. Just based on his height, weight, and length, the fact that he is getting drafted at all is kind of amazing. I, I mean, he, yeah. he could struggle with, with matchups. Like you put him a, up against D Hop, and you might have a huge problem. Oh, of course, of course, um, anybody does, you, right? You could say that with most, uh, you know, DBs. So, yeah, I mean, works primarily on the outside. Last kind of ideal experience uh, working versus the slot, but you know, he stayed healthy, which is which is huge because of his size. I mean, yeah, he's out there every single you know snap that he can be making an impact. Yeah, I, I think they're just projecting that he could not be healthy in the NFL, but he stays very durable in college just because of the size. But I, I'm, I have a lot of faith in him. I do. Yeah. Uh, he just he has the feel of a player that's going to be impactful in the defense. Yeah. And then Nick, we got five more draft picks, but we'll go through these fairly quickly with Oshawan Mathis, edge hey. rusher of Nebraska. We got him round six, one eighty nine overall. You want to take this one? Yeah. Uh, Third edge rusher drafted thus far, Byron Young, Nick Hampton, uh, the guy we just talked about. Prototypical size and length, needs more mass. Uh, I think his stock took a hit after the, uh, you know, transferred from TCU to Nebraska, but could have been a multitude of reasons for that. Yeah, uh, very stronger competition, but yeah. Transferred to Nebraska and was kind of outmatched, not a ton of production in his final year in college. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he's friends with all the TCU guys. So yeah, it's probably, uh, you know, it's probably a plus. He said that he felt extremely blessed to be drafted into that situation. I think other players around the league are seeing what's happening with Georgia and the Philadelphia Eagles and are like, Hey man, that could be really cool. Like I could play with all my college buddies. Oshawan found himself in this situation where he gets I to think play the Eagles could and- potentially go undefeated next year in the regular season. A hundred percent. I'm saying that with a straight face. <laughs> and you know what? Even if their uh, MVP caliber quarterback goes down, they're a quarterback factory. They drafted Tanner McKee out of Stanford. They had a hell of a draft. And they drafted uh, Mojo Morrow 
from Texas. I want to I want to keep the Texans as the best drafted team because I thought what they did was like so cool to get pick number uh, two and three. Um, but I don't know. The Eagles have really made a case. But anyway, yeah, the Eagles they they did a great job. We got a running um, back, Zach Evans. Hey, we waited until round six, two fifteen, to draft a running back. How about that? Yeah. Um, but we traded up to get him. We actually traded a, a six-round pick from next year to move up to draft him. And we traded, I think we were at like two, 223 or 230 or something. And we moved up at 215 to draft Zach Evans. And if you look at the board, what happened in round six? Where's 215? So Deuce Vaughn went. Deuce Vaughn went 212. Deuce Vaughn's dad um, is a coach for the Cowboys, which was a player that the Rams met with. It was a player that the Rams had highly coveted. He's a little bit smaller of a player. I actually really like the Zach Evans pick over Deuce Vaughn. Uh, he's a really, really sleek and balanced runner, 5'11", 205, really, really athletic build. Tons and tons of lower body explosiveness. If you sh- saw the uh, the clip that we shared, you could see all of the lower body explosiveness and just explosiveness in general in his run game. He's, uh, he's very, very nimble in terms of bursting in any direction. He can skillfully weave through traffic, and I feel like, just his overall natural understanding of run angles is very much there. At his best, he's on a pitch, he's on a toss, he's getting into the second and third levels, he's getting outside of the tackles. Um, so that outside zone scheme can still kind of be developed with somebody like Zach Evans and somebody that can catch the ball really well in the move and can log that type of screen swing game production in college, I think is really, really important. He wasn't overly used because he was a little bit banged up. But in 320 touches, he consistently created chunk plays. Like every time it's one of those guys, like you watch the tape, Nick, and you're like, every time this guy touches the ball, he's doing something. Average nearly 7.0 yards per carry and 11.0 yards per catch over his last three years at Old Miss. So, I mean, you tell me, is that a player that we feel like we needed on this roster? Great, yeah. great value in the sixth round could be a Kyron Williams replacement. I and think he was banged up last year. So he's going to make an impact. Um, Immediately. I think he's going to get the ball probably in the first game that, that they have this season. Uh, you've yeah. got Cam Akers now, and then immediately after, I think Zach Evans is going to be you know, RB2. I do too. have a sneaky suspicion about uh, guys like Zach Evans and Puka Nakua. Yeah. No, I mean, I, the fact that they traded up to, like, like they really felt like they, they wanted this guy, and they knew that people, like, he, he would be there at this point, so... Yeah, I mean, I think this is somebody that's going to make an impact immediately, truly. Yeah, I mean, he's, he got knocked out of a couple games last year, some injury concerns. But um, I think just in totality, in terms of what you're looking for from a running game, like it's a kind of player that, you know, some Michael LaFleur could have helped in terms of scouting. You know, they drafted Brees Hall last year in the second round and look how productive he was. So I trust the fact that they're now scouting running backs and, you know, hopefully have a, a greater ability to hit on one outside of, you know, the Daryl Hendersons and the Cam Akers and some of the other players that they drafted in the past. It doesn't necessarily seem like it, it worked out for them too well, but somebody w- with more value in the sixth round, I feel like um, moves the envelope in the right direction. And then Nick, round six wraps up. We're in round seven. And what do we do with our first pick in round seven, 223 overall? Ethan we, Evans. We draft a punter. <sighs> A punter, a 238-pound punter, six Loved. foot four, 238 pounds. Loved this. I was a huge fan. Just a massive build. Just just giant punter. Um, somebody that, I mean, last year I felt like our guy kept getting hit in the face with his punts. So 
yeah. I'm all about this. Yeah, like a bit bigger, stronger. Right. It's like the Sebastian Janikowski of the punt game, just somebody that's big and beefy and is going to be consistent for a long period of time. It could potentially replace Johnny Hecker. So first pick Johnny of the Hecker, second round, the Rams yeah. drafted a punter. He was also really pissed. Yeah, he was. remember he was pissed. We shared that video yesterday. He was trying to get his hang time over six seconds. Ball was in the air for like five and a half seconds, and he's like, damn, I got to get that up. Yeah, Love that. Like Love that about the kid. Yeah. That's Ethan Evans. And then you go Jason Taylor, and then I'll take Dejuan Johnson, and that'll be a wrap for the Rams 2023 draft. All right. Jason Taylor the second. So his name is exactly the same as his father's. Uh, Well-built <laughs> with good length for his size. Aggressive, working from the top down versus both the pass and the run. Uh, plays with functional range and lower body explosion. 43-inch vertical. That's I mean, that's crazy. And second, that, 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 that's second among all com uh, combine prospects. Above average instincts from the post or box, uh, anticipates well and trusts his visions to decisively break or crossers in betweeners. Uh, his eye line, there's there's good balance uh, between quarterback and route mid motion. Accounted for 19 passes defended and eight interceptions over the past two seasons. Uh, didn't commit a penalty in college. I mean, come on, that's. Uh, fills inside and outside run lanes with conviction, faces up the ball carrier, and drives through his target as a tackler, uh, which is what you want to see. Often a ton of experience, uh, just a ton of experience on special teams, 536 snaps. So he'll play week one, too, at least on special teams. Uh, you know, yes, yes, at least on special roster. teams. Yeah, yeah. this this could be your uh, your Jordan Fuller replacement. Right. Yeah. I mean, if Quentin Lake and Russ Yeast, you don't feel like they're strong enough on the back end. You want to add another player to that conversation. Jason Taylor seems like he has the best resume amongst those three players. If you go Yeast and and Quentin Lake and having a fourth, fifth round grade, grade being selected in the seventh round is value, a lot of value late round. And that's why the Rams consistently traded back. And then we got Dejuan Johnson, round seven, 259 overall, Mr. Irrelevant. Um, he's had some some family stuff happen. I think there was a tryout where his his dad was shot during the tryout or during the practice, tragically. Um, so this is another guy that just has the one-two, has the know-how to be able to get the job done in the face of of controversy and in the face of of personal conflict. And I feel like in doing so, he ended up being a top defensive lineman in the MAC. He uh, ranks third in school history with with 47 tackles for a loss. That's pretty impressive. He wins at the burst. His violent hands, his body control is, is really good. He uses that body control to be able to maneuver his frame through cracks on the offensive line. Like this is another guy that's going to be competing. It's another guy that's going to be in rotation. You needed somebody outside of what you had on the interior defensive lineman. Ashawn and Greg Gaines are gone. Can't just be Jonah Williams up there in the front. You need some rotation with Dejuan and some other players that you drafted with Kobe. So lacking ideal size, man, that seems like it's a you know, pretty consistent thing with the Rams over the last 10 years in terms of drafting defense alignment who were a little bit um, undersized. But quick off the ball, he can shoot gaps. He's disruptive in the backfield. He plays in rhythm. He plays with violence. Um, and he was Mr. Irrelevant. So get the same kind of value out of what the Niners got out of Brock Purdy last year, hopefully, yeah. and what others have gotten out of Mr. Irrelevant in the past. So. Yeah. Uh, and then after the draft was over, the Rams were like, well, we still have 32 roster spots to fill. So <laughs> work searching for far and wide through the undrafted uh, free agent class. Uh, here's who they signed thus far, 10 so far. 
uh, Christian Sims, tight end, Bowling Greens, Tanner Ingle, safety, NC State, uh, Kalichi, Ana Lebechi, a linebacker, Tyron Davis, DB, Tyron Evans, running back, Christopher Dune, kicker, uh, Jordan Jones, DB, Jaden Woodby, LB, Alex Ward, uh, LS, Xavier Smith, wide receiver. Yep. So we got a long snapper out of Alex Ward from Central Florida. So obviously, Ethan Evans is your punter. You got your long snapper in Alex Ward. You signed a kicker in Christopher Dunn. You got some more uh, depth in terms of defensive back. You signed two of those. You got another running back. You got some linebacker depth and safety depth. Uh, you got another backup tight end. So you got a lot of good players that could fill roles in terms of special teams. Xavier Smith, apparently, from the wide receiver from FAMU, is somebody that we need to keep an eye on. Somebody that we we really need to, to focus on in terms of being a player that's undrafted that could potentially make the roster in the form of a Lance McCutcheon type player. So we'll have our eyes on the undrafted players. We'll continue to preview them throughout this process. But um, it's it's been a long draft weekend. I'm happy that we can wrap it up. I'm happy we can tie a bow on it. I, I, do you want there to be an official grade for this draft class, Nick? If I were to give them anything, I would probably go B. Yeah. You know, somewhere that's that's really solid, that is a, a foundational grade that you'll get by with. And I think the, um, you know, it's it's this is a crapshoot. That's what the draft is. It's a crapshoot. Yeah, it's a bunch of lottery picks. And you have to just be able to kind of stockpile it with as many decent names as you possibly can and hope that you can develop these players into to bona fide starters or just at the very least contributors on all three phases. So got to be complimentary you got to be able to play defense you got to be able to be consistent with your offense and not put the, the game in the hands of your defense consistently like they have special teams needs to be better um and they're kind of checking off all these boxes as we go nick so if you guys enjoyed this draft coverage make sure to like and subscribe yeah be a part of the movement um if you followed along with the big board make sure to comment in in uh in this episode and, and let us know that you were a part of the fun um but that's what we got, Nick. That's our draft analysis for today. Bet online, live betting, free contests, giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events, whether that's NFL, NBA, NHL, MMA, tennis, boxing, or even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use our promo code BLEAV, receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. Please like and subscribe. It means so much to us. We want to have this channel be a big deal. Uh, into the season, you know, go to games and tailgates and have fun with everybody. And yeah, thank you guys so much for listening. Seriously, we appreciate you guys. A lot of yeah, hard work. Go Rams. It's going to be a fun season. You got a lot of new names, a lot of new players to follow, and uh, we'll be here breaking you all the news. Yeah. All righty. Go Rams. Peace, Peace out, guys. <laughs>